Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Final hour, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. Love to keep it interactive here on a Saturday morning and now on into the afternoon here on 95.7 The Game. As we've got one hour to go, first two hours flying by here as we discuss the Warriors at 5-7 and seven now. A couple of wins this week. Things looking up, with, a little bit anyway. With the... Three day, uh, three days of, of off time and practice time for the Warriors, and now the games start coming fast and furious for the Dubs beginning tomorrow in Sacramento. Warriors still don't have a road win. I was looking at the teams, Whitey, that don't have road wins yet in the NBA, and it is a, it's a, <laughs> it's an ugly list. You've got. Orlando and Detroit in the East, or 0-6 and 0-7, respectively. And in the West, there's one other team right now beside the Warriors that don't have a road win, and it's the Lakers at 0-5. And the Lakers are 2-10 and now overall. They've dropped five in a row. So the Warriors, with the Lakers, Magic, and Pistons, as four offers on the road to begin the season. they got to get that corrected, and tomorrow's not going to be easy in Sacramento. No, and I'll, just real quick on the Lakers. We, we Why would we want to talk about the Lakers? But it is amazing what they they're going stink. through. Right? They do, and it's the freaking Lakers. And Russ last night, um, I don't know, six for 17 or whatever, and LeBron's hurt now. So, yeah, it's uh, as bad as things are for the Warriors or as bad as they've been before the last couple of games. Could be worse. Could be the Lakers. They stink. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get back to the phones here. 888-957-9570. Uh, Khaled in Clayton next year on Warriors this week. Hey, Khaled. Hey, J.D. Hey, Whitey. How you guys doing this Saturday afternoon? Good. Good to talk with you. Likewise, thanks. So, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, and I see their points in regards to the youth movement and the issues that they're having. But then, then the thing that kind of makes me chuckle is a lot of people forgot the same things were being said about someone that they're touting right now on this team a few years back, and that's Kevon Looney. And mind you, 28 drafted versus number two drafted are two completely different things. But bigs in this league take time to be developed. And Looney didn't go through what Wiseman has gone through in his first two years of his career. Looney did have an injury with the hip early on. I believe it was his first season. But developmentally, you know, everyone talks about how great his screening is. He was atrocious in his first few years. You know, it was to the point where he was unplayable with getting eight off the floor and with the stints down in uh, the G League, uh, which I think was a complete – I don't think they called it the G League back then. But – he would go down to the equivalent of the G League at that time and go get time. Right now, what the Warriors need to do is they need to go out and get a big that can have a, that has a style very similar to that of what we envisioned Wiseman to be with an inside-outside game that knows the system and has got something to prove. And that 15 spot is perfect for DeMarcus Cousins. And a lot of people keep forgetting that he's sitting out there. He actually manhandled us in that Denver series when they were bringing him on off the bench and is someone who understands the system that uh, that Kerr's got in there. While Wiseman can go down and during the practices 
have a big that actually has the style that he needs to learn how to play, and then send them down to the G League, and then have someone that you can throw in there where Kirk and Trust is able to go inside, outside, and give you exactly what this team is lacking right now, which is size, scoring, and someone that you can rely on that can at least be a link clogger and a possible shot blocker you know, on the defensive end. What do you guys think? Whitey, I'll let you tackle that one first. Last year in the playoffs, we saw DeMarcus with Denver, right? With his old coach, Mike Malone. The league tells you sometimes where a player is. You've got DeMarcus. He came out this week on Twitter practically begging for the Kings to sign him. Nobody wants him because, Colette, he's not any more close to the player that, that you described. Uh, he, like Clay, had two not just one, but two very bad injuries. When he was here, his numbers were good. But if you read Ethan Strauss's book, The Victory Machine, there is a very telling chapter in there, a piece in there, where the Warriors tell DeMarcus, this is what we want our centers to do. We want you to you know, rebound, defense, set screens. And DeMarcus would say, okay. And then he would go out and he wouldn't do those things because he was trying to uh, put up numbers that would help him get his next contract. So understand where you're, where you're coming from. And it is a lot of fun to look at guys that, hey, maybe this guy, that guy. DeMarcus Cousins ain't the answer, J.D., right? You know, hopefully that's the last we're going to hear of that. No, I, I will say, though, can you can you get through the whole rest of the year with only Draymond Green and Kevon Looney playing the center spot? And, and look, I think the Warriors know that Cousins wasn't as good a fit for them as maybe they thought he would be. From a basketball standpoint, sure, I think he was fine in the locker room, but I think it is along the lines of you know ba- basketball-related defiance, let's say. Not that he was a bad guy or a bad teammate, but just... You know, he had a couple of different agendas as to what he was trying to accomplish that differed from the reason why, in part, the Warriors brought him in. So I think they got a first-hand, up-close-and-personal view of that. I thought he was pretty good in his role with Denver last year. I know they ended up going in a different direction and nobody assigned him. Who did they get? DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, yeah. Yeah, what does that? I'm sorry. What does that tell you? They got DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I, I it, yeah, no, you're right, you're right, and I did think he helped him, and I think the system with Jokic and and just playing the Jokic role was somewhat beneficial. He did hurt the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to have to do something. Last year we talked about it all year. Do they have to get a big? Do they have to get a big? I did not think they had to get a big last year. I think this year because they're not good enough in other areas they may need to get a stopgap big that can play some minutes but you don't want to do that because Wiseman's supposed to be that guy and if you bring somebody else in what are you saying to Wiseman at that mm-hmm. point yep i know so, so you almost can't do that like he has to be that guy and right now he can't be that guy the other thing is real quick and i know we got other calls we want to get to in my experience, any time a player or a manager or a coach, when they're publicly begging for a job, it's you understand it, but it means nobody wants them. We just had Dwight Howard, right, begging to come to the Warriors. He ended up going to Taiwan. So when DeMarc is like, boy, I'd sure like to help them, publicly on Twitter begging for a job, it tells you that nobody wants him. And NBA teams, if he had anything to offer them, they, they would be interested. So I don't think that's the answer. And I like DeMarcus Cousins, but I'll say this. I, I liked him more than most, and, and we've had that back and forth over the years. I would not want DeMarcus Cousins being a mentor to James Wiseman. Like, that's just – no, sorry. That's, that's not like, – he that's, did a lot of things well. That's not something he did well, his mentoring. Uh, Gene things. in Oakland, 888-957-9570. Hey, Gene. Hey, fellas. Hey, fellas. Hey, Gene. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, you know what? You're you're absolutely right that this this is uh, completely unsustainable. What they're doing now, I mean, you can't be, you know, playing your regulars, uh, you know, especially the veterans, as much as you are, and and struggling to beat, you know, good teams, but but not not the top of the line uh, NBA uh, level teams. So uh, we got to do something. Um, you know, we can't have two guys like Kaminga and uh, and Wiseman essentially. Stable to the bench. So here's uh, here's what I think that uh, what's best for them, for their development, and for the team going forward, is to move them to teams that can play them all the time. 
you know, or a team that can play them uh, as, you know, bad teams that are, that, that can afford the luxury of having young players like this develop as they develop. All right. This, they just don't fit this team. This team is a here and now team that needs help here and now with veteran uh, type players. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't really in favor of Wiseman to begin with, nor Kaminga. Uh, last year, I really, the guy I wanted us to get was Davion Mitchell. Mm. And just think how much more valuable he would be to the team right now than Wiseman. He might be our current GP2 if he was on the team. So, uh, really, I think you've got to find a way to, to move these fellas. Uh, I, I know it's, it's hard to trade right now. Uh, the only guy that's available, as, as I know, that uh, we could have if we wanted is Westbrook, and nobody wants him. So, but you still got to work at it. You know what? If you could get a, a Jordan or a, or a uh, uh, or Boogie Cousins for practically nothing, I'd say why not? At least you've got another body in there, somebody that can contribute versus Wiseman, who you have to fear. Every time you put him out there, for every point he scores, he gives up two. So, anyways, that's my thoughts. Thank you, Gene. And that's exactly why, thanks, Gene, Wiseman has not played in the last two games. Yeah. Uh, to Gene's point about Davion Mitchell, who the Kings, uh, well, excuse me, who the Warriors see tomorrow, we know, don't we, J.D., that Steve Kerr really liked Davion Mitchell, and they just thought where they were picking it was maybe a little high for him, but they liked him. We know they also liked Franz Wagner. This whole two-timeline thing, maybe it would work if they'd pick players, and maybe it will still work regardless, but they just picked two guys that needed to play more just to just to learn how to play basketball more than the Warriors were, were, were able to give them. I mean, they, they took the best players or the most talent available. Most upside, point, yeah. At, at, at the points in which they picked, I think they shot for future star core yeah. is what they did, as opposed to really young, controllable players that can help. I mean, I loved Tyrese Halliburton going oh, back me to... Too. At, me too. It, it would, but the Warriors had the number two pick, so the number two pick was too high for, for Tyrese Halliburton. But Tyrese Halliburton was like, he was my fourth-ranked player in in that draft and so you know you run through it and you know he winds up falling what all the way down to 10 or 11 you could have traded the pick and got him and a player potentially but anyway that's all water under the old bay bridge and Davion Mitchell, I mean, Davion Mitchell would be in the DiVincenzo role right now. Back, back up point guard, you could play him with Jordan Poole. He would really help Jordan Poole because he's a good defender. And, and so you could, but you could play him with anybody. You could play Mitchell with Clay. You could play Mitchell with Steph. You could play Mitchell with Poole. Like he's, he is somebody, like he, he would have been solid. But again, it's a, it's a role player you're talking about with the seventh pick in the draft and that, you know that doesn't. You know, Donovan Davion Mitchell's probably going to be a, a backup player his whole career. Now, a good one, but you know, yeah. when you yeah, w- w- I get why the Warriors didn't do that. I also get why you could look back at the way last year went in particular with this team winning a championship and going, man, you'd love to have Halliburton and 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 Mitchell and you know Wagner, some of oh, those guys. Right, those now. were my guys. Yeah, Halliburton and Wagner. Real quick. Speaking of centers, there's two guys that the Warriors will see tomorrow, but they probably won't play. I'm not advocating for this. I'm wondering what you think, maybe what uh, listeners think here. You've got Sacramento has two guys that don't play. Rashawn Holmes, who last year was pretty good, and Alex Lynn. And there's two centers that can help you as backups. They're not playing at all, so I assume they could be available. Does either of those guys do anything for you as a potential backup? Yeah, I mean, honestly, both of them would. Me too. I mean, Alex Lynn can can clog the paint and and defend and and lay some hard fouls on you and and be in the dunker spot. Uh, they both do. I think I, I'm not sure what's going on with Rashawn Holmes because he he was a player that he got paid pretty nicely for a couple of years back, and then uh, they went and got Sabonis, and it just basically made him a backup. And he's been for the most part a non-factor yep. since. But I think as a as a backup center, he's pretty good. Does a lot of those things. He's a more expensive option. You'd be probably too expensive, huh? Yeah, yeah, probably too expensive for what you're you're coming back. But no, I I think when you start to get into the big body type, hey, you need to have somebody that can just get out there and and soak up some minutes against some some of the bigger teams. So you're not having to play Looney and Draymond all the time if you're not going to play Wiseman. The Alex Len type is actually in in some ways perfect, but again, 
we're talking about are you going to put your 15th roster spot on a guy like that when maybe you need to go out and and get somebody that can be a wing that that can help you a little bit more. I know Iguodala's he's at some yeah. point. What's that? Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll see. Maybe yeah. by April 15th. <laughs> maybe by April 15th. He's close. Will be, He's close. We'll be back. By the way, you know who else is close is GP2 in Portland. Apparently is very close. Could be back playing with them really soon. Let's go to Pete in San Ramon next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Pete. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just to really put DeMarcus Cousins' idea to rest, I'd rather see Swaggy P back. He's more fun. But uh, the, the G League should not be considered a demotion. It's a place to go work. Like a, a batter needs to go back to minor league and just get at bats. So I think between now and middle of December, Kaminga, Wiseman, and even maybe Moody go down to Santa Cruz. They get 12 games between now and the middle of December. And just work on playing together, learning how each other can play that sort of thing. And as far as a big guy, I like Nick Claxton with the Nets. Mm. I think once uh, once they finish blowing that up and cutting Kyrie, he's a 6'11 power forward, double-doubler. $8 million is what he's making this year. That's that's my wild, wild dreams. Pete, thanks for the gotcha, yeah, Pete. thanks for the call. Pete that, that's it. a good that's a good name, probably unattainable. I think Nick, Nick Claxton's somebody they'd, they'd look to maybe hang on to as a part of a young core as they, they blow the rest of it up, potentially. Yeah, there's a couple of names that we have been talking about and that Warrior fans have been talking about on social media um, that are probably not attainable. I mentioned earlier uh, Jakob Pertl, and it looks like there's a lot of teams that are interested in him because the Spurs, one way or the other, have made it known that he could be available, and they're looking for, like, you know, they want a lot for him, and the Warriors probably couldn't uh, meet their asking price, although he'd be a really good fit. And then, you know, we haven't talked about it today, and I don't mean to wander back down that rabbit hole, but, you know, Durant, we were, we've wondered about Durant, and it's just with Jordan Poole signing the extension now, just contractually, it would be, re- even if both parties wanted to do it, and I see how it makes sense, but it would be really complicated. You'd have to involve a third team that probably would end up getting virtually nothing out of it. So a couple of those names that we bandied about just are not realistic. At least they don't appear to be at this point. I would be open to, to examining the Durant, the Me too. Durant trade again. Me I know too. we touched on it a little bit last week, and, and some of the, the, the more rumors have popped up, obviously, with everything that's going on. I, I would be willing to revisit Durant. The problem, though, and I, I said this last week, I'll reiterate it now, I wouldn't want to give up Wiggins in that deal. I would want to keep You Wiggins. can't trade Wiggins now, right? And, I believe with his contract, you can't trade him. It's not right. a thing that complicates so, it. So Wiggins, and, and you really, in a way, can't trade Poole right now because Poole right now is a $4 million player, not a $30 million player. Yeah. And, and so that creates a... Both so teams in, are in a into way, the tax, and then, then so it's, you're really limited what you can add and give back, and it's really, really complicated. But I am now of the belief where you, the Warriors, and I don't think they're there yet, and I'm not even necessarily there yet as we sit on, on November the 12th, Whitey, but... As this thing continues to evolve, if the Warriors' ceiling with this group is 500 or a little bit above 500, then I and, and the young players continue to not be a part of it moving forward, or when they're granted opportunities, those opportunities need to be taken away because of how they play. If that keeps up for the next couple of months, and this team is right around 500, slightly above uh to me, I think they have to look at You have to go all, all in on this year. Yeah, I, I like think it. you have to look at even packaging mm-hmm. a couple of the young guys for a, play, for a player or for two players that are bona fide rotation players that can fit with this core group to try and make another run. Yes, Steph is playing so well, you just can't squander what you're getting out of Steph Curry right now, waiting for your youngsters to learn how to play basketball. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's where Stephen Oakland checks in next here on Warriors this week on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Steve. Steve. Hey. Good afternoon, guys. Uh, I just want to say that was a great game last night. Hellbiter. Um, 
I love Mobley for the Cavs. I think if he was with the Warriors, he would be a super-duper star. Amen. Long. You know, he's long. He's versatile. He can shoot. He can defend. He's going to be a major player in the next couple years. But I want to say something about um, uh, Jordan Poole, man. You know, the the league has really caught on to what he's doing. You know, his signature moves are now known by everyone. So he needs a counter move to counteract what's going on with everybody in the league, like Steph had, like all the great players had in the past. To do something to counteract, you have to come with a counter move to counteract what the league is doing. Um, when, he, when he figures that out, and when he starts going hard to the paint and stops settling for bad jump shots, he's going to be okay. Thanks for the call, Steve. I think He's showed up, and we've, we've touched on this in, in prior weeks. He's showing up on the scouting report now, uh, I, I think, as someone that, that other teams are trying to take away. And, and I've noticed more – there's more help defense uh, attached to Poole. It's yeah, the primary defender, but when he, tr- when he starts to make a move, the t- there's just more attention being paid by the other players on the defensive unit, which I think – makes the the move to help him get out of it is and we saw this last night it's decisiveness but decisiveness can be shooting it or driving it decisiveness can also be giving it up and getting it back and I think that's where taking him off the ball a little bit more is beneficial and Dante DiVincenzo being back in the lineup to play with him for 15 minutes helps him do that well, Jordan Poole was a big part of one of the big reasons why the Warriors won last night. If you go back and look at their struggles on, on the road trip, one of the things that the Warriors were doing that was very unwarrior-like is they were not making their threes. They were ha- they had some terrible games from the three-point line. The last two games, even including Clay, who I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to be negative, but he's 6-for-23 the last two games, you include that – and the Warriors against the Kings shot 37%, and last night 42% from the three-point line, which is sizzling in pool last night, four of eight. So that is another thing as we talk about the Warriors defensively getting some traction. They're starting to make the three-point shot, even with Clay struggling, and that's a real good sign, and Jordan Poole is a big part of that. Well, and they've needed that to win these last yeah. two games. I mean, that has been – I was, again, talking to Steiny on the, on the podcast – the, the morning after the Kings game, and I was thinking, how the hell did the Warriors even win that game? And yeah, you know, it was Steph, and, and he brought up, well, they made some really timely three-point shots, and that was something that they did last night as well, and that's something that they did in the playoffs a lot. They made timely three-point shots in the playoffs last year, which really prevented some games from getting out of hand. It kept them close in some games and, and really, I think, kept some, some teams at bay when they had leads in a lot of those games. And that is the one area of this Warriors team, one of a few, where they can, on a given night, given the, the firepower that they have, win just because of that. And, mm-hmm. and you know, they've, they've done other things better these last two games, but if, if they shoot it poorly from three in either of the last two we're having a different conversation than the one we're having today. Yeah, and it just makes me shake my head. You mentioned the postseason last year and the playoffs, the finals against Boston. Boston, they, you know, they ran a lot of drop coverage against Steph, didn't get out on them enough. And the, and the last night, the Cavs did the same thing. It just makes you wonder why how, do they not know who he is? And I think sometimes it's a matter of the players on the floor are not capable of getting out there. And if your coach and the other team is like. We, we we can't have Jaron Allen out there on Steph. It's you'll just foul him. So uh, there's he's just really difficult to guard right now. Impossible, in fact, to defend. And some of it is Steph's ability now. And look, you don't want to get beat by the three point shot, Whitey. But I think a lot of it is his ability to get to the basket now. Teams are having to be a little bit more conscious of that because he's able to attack and score in the paint extremely efficiently and in the mid-range extremely efficiently so you gotta it's just it's a little bit I think of of pick your poison Whitey yeah and I think uh, that's what Steve was getting at Steve would like to see Jordan Poole uh, do that more and I think he's shown that he has the ability to take the ball to the basket when he's being overplayed on the perimeter Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Don, Tim, John, we'll get to you coming out. Quick timeout. We're back here for one more segment. JD and Whitey, ninety five seven. The game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Final segment. Man, flying along here. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570 here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Whitey, Warriors in the Kings tomorrow and uh, Warriors in the Spurs on Monday. And the games are just coming rapid fire. Phoenix, the Knicks. Warriors go on the road, then they come back, then they go back on the road. Uh, there are a lot of games here coming up between now and the, and the end of the month over these next three weeks. It'll be nice to see uh, if uh, some of the things that seem to be coming to fruition now are, are actually, uh, you know, trending in the right direction for real, how much of this is sustainable. And it's just right now, it's a, it's a privilege for all of us as basketball fans to get to see Steph Curry play. And it always has been, but now he's taking even that to some kind of unimaginable new level. And, you know, it remains to be seen whether the Warriors are going to be able to build on the success that they've had over the course of of these last couple of games or whether they cannot play as well in the areas where they have played well and then they're going to have to continue to get more from some of the other players on the roster. So I think right now they're at a little bit of a crossroads as far as trying to, to figure out where they're at in hoping that the winds can calm everything down to where they can start getting some of these young players more implemented and, and a part of things again. Let, let's get back to the phones here. Don in Sunnyvale up first in our final segment. Uh, what's going on, Don? Hi. Um, you know, I didn't hear a lot about this, but um, I did hear that, you know, Clay kind of took the summer off, didn't do a lot of pickup games. Um, that sounds unusual and do you have an opinion on how that has maybe affected how he's playing, at least at the beginning of the season? Yeah, I think it has for sure affected the beginning of the season. And, and thanks for the call, Don. And we've discussed it a little bit. It, it was more Clay not wanting to risk an injury because he had been injured before doing that in the off season. It was almost as if, hey, coming off a championship – played a lot of minutes in the finals and don't want to do anything to screw up that first full season or the most normal season he's had in four years on the calendar. And so the slow ramp up became part of it. And I think the slow ramp up got him out of whack and then he wasn't shooting it well and everything just kind of snowballed on him a little bit to the point where here we are, but that, that played a big role. And you were, you were one of the first people to really bring that up. Whitey. Well, and it just was a handful of things that the Warriors had to deal with early, and that's, you know, there's the hangover of winning an NBA championship. There was a trip to Japan, which, you know, not ideal, and they did it, and, you know, it's their turn to do it. They did it. Uh, and, of course, the punch, but... Um, I don't think, well, I, I, to be honest, I don't think that's been addressed enough because part of it is, you know, you don't want to get into whatever he was going through mentally. But I do think that's been a big part of his struggles. Um, and it's understandable. And again, it's not to belittle him, but just it speaks to what a real struggle this has been, not only physically, but mentally for him 
to get back to the point where he's close to the clay clay of old. We see glimpses of it. It's still in there. But to me, the, the, he's just fighting it so much that he's not playing as efficiently as, you know, the clay, 60 points and 11 dribbles. I don't, we're not going to see that clay now because this clay is desperately trying so badly to get his shot back uh, at each shot he takes. So, um Maybe tomorrow night against Sacramento, you know, because we know he's had historically some big games against the Kings because he never forgets the fact that they decided not to draft him and drafted Jimmer. Did you make anything of the fact that, that Steve Kerr came out and said, hey, Clay's not going to play back-to-backs maybe the, the whole season? Uh, it, it didn't surprise me, and, and this is a back-to-back. I, I wonder, you know, does he not play against the Spurs? Does he, does he not play tomorrow? I mean, sometimes teams will pick, and the Warriors – typically have just picked mm. the second game to rest players, but some play, sometimes the road game the game that, that teams pick. Uh, do you, what do you think as far as those two games and, and which one Clay would not play? Because Steve Kerr said he's not going to play both of them. I'm not sure about that, but to the, the wisdom of why you would announce that, you're right. I think we knew that. It does give you an opportunity, and maybe I'm, I'm putting too fine a point on it, but if you're the Warriors and you make it clear, look, he's not playing back-to-backs. Let's say he recovers his his recovery comes along at such a a rapid rate that maybe later in the year if you are able to say that yes he's going to play back-to-backs it's almost like a real positive for him Uh, but other than that it's not a surprise I would uh let's see I I think I would I would always start him the first game I would be the first game in for the most part rather than choose pick and choose first game in I would play him and then try to get that one and then deal with the second one uh, when you know get to that cross that bridge when I got to it let's go to Tim in North Carolina what's going on Tim appreciate you chiming in and uh, yeah we're we're getting to you a little earlier than uh, some of those one two in the mornings (laughs) on uh, on wrap-up Tim How, how you doing my man yeah, I know, man. I almost called you last night, but I had to shut it down. I had to be in at six thirty today, so I just uh, I couldn't get it. I listened to it um, on Odyssey this morning, though. But, but guys, I mean, yeah, and Jay, you know, I'm a big fan of Kaminga. I mean, I really love watching the young fella play when he can go out there uninhibited. But it's him and Wiseman. But man, it's getting to the point now when I watch those young fellas play, they are on eggshells, man. I mean, they are on. And when when Poo made that fake. And then Kaminga threw it away, and it went out of bounds. The look in his face—he knew he was done. He knew it, and it was—and I knew it all the way in North Carolina. I was like, "You're done, bro!" Like, and it is almost impossible to play this game on eggshells. But what can these young guys do? They know those mistakes, and they out of there. And if if I name these names to you, Anthony Edwards, Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green. None of those guys, if they would have got drafted by the Warriors, they wouldn't even start on this team. They wouldn't even start. Like We we almost had a chance to get Anthony Edwards, and we wouldn't even know that all the capabilities this young fella has because he wouldn't even start on this team. And unfortunately, Kaminga and Wiseman, they got drafted to a team. This team only needs role players. And then these guys have never been role players their entire career. Moody fits right in. Because he was a role player all at Arkansas, even in high school with Scotty Barnes and Cunningham. Role player is in his DNA. That's DNA. That's what he's been his whole life. So his transition has been easier. These young guys, I mean, we keep talking about packaging and moving them. If I was Kaminga's agent at this point in time, I would almost be like, please move my guy and give him an opportunity to go play. I just don't see it. I, I don't know. I, I think about it, guys. I re, I know Lakeup, and he got a timeline of his future. The plans are different. He sees Kaminga. He sees Wiseman. He sees Poole. He sees Moody as the future. But this team is set up to where if any of those draft picks would have fallen to the Warriors, we wouldn't know about any of them. Kate Cunningham would be on this team as a role player getting 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, it's just how it fell, guys. I mean, once Clay and all of these guys got back into the groove, any top draft pick, I mean, this is just what they would have felt. So this team and the system, the system, like Kevin Durant said, is Steph Curry. So the Steph Curry system only revolves around, like, role players. Like, we've got – so I just – I don't know, man. I be, But I, you can say what you want. I know it. But Kamini, right. I was his agent. Look, I was a, I'm a rookie. I was the youngest starter in the playoffs. We could say, hey, you didn't play a lot. You didn't contribute a lot. He played his rookie year. He got a ring his rookie year. I'll be like, listen, 
I, get me out of here. I mean, I just don't. I mean, how is he going to do I mean, Jay, you see it. I mean, the guy, these kids are on eggshells. Thanks, Tim. No, great. Good good call. And, I, the, yeah, that is the one thing that's been noticeable is the mistakes and the, the body language after some of the mistakes. And I think maybe even some tentative play as things have gone on. Because I, I think it's gotten worse since the season started for Wiseman. And I think it's gotten worse since the season started for Kaminga. They are both playing less confidently and as if they know hey, the minutes are limited, but if I make a couple mistakes, the minutes are completely gone. And I also think there's an element of, and and this comes from probably a good place, but not wanting to let the the core group down. And, Mm. uh, you know, I go back to the Warriors. What was the game uh, against, was it the Sacramento game, I think it was, where they had a shot of the bench and the Warriors had, had won the game and the bit like it was just a there was just no th- mm-hmm. there was no emotion on the bench uh, you know all of the young guys were just kind of stoic looking there you know foul isn't called on herder warriors win how'd they do it and it was like the whole bench was yeah. just yeah. not excited and it was just it was it looked like a group of players that were really thinking they stunk. You know, I stunk tonight. I wasn't a part of this, so I'm not even going to enjoy it. <laughs> well, you know how it is, JD. Uh, sometimes just being in Sacramento will do that to you, right? I mean, there are times when, ah, all right, here we are. We're still in Sacramento. Uh, I'm kidding about that. But you made the point last week about how difficult it is for some of these guys to play as role players. I hadn't thought a lot about that. You and Tim make a great point, but there still is just. there's the idea that at some point the young guys, when you play, you have to play well. And it's really alarming right now to me to see what's going on with Kuminga because he, he's going the wrong way. And it's really, it is affecting him that he's not sure what to do. And it was a play last night, what his first plays where Jordan Poole feeds him the ball and he dropped it and it was a shot clock violation. So it didn't matter, but you could just see he was jittery. So when you got a young guy and he's going the wrong way, you then what are you going to do about that? There's also this. So the other side of, of what Tim said. If you had a team that was, say, you were you know, tanking and you played these guys a lot, correct me if I'm wrong, J.D., that doesn't guarantee that they'd play well. I mean, we're assuming no. that all they need is something. It doesn't. you got two guys now that just haven't played much, so nobody knows what they are. You don't know what they do even if they played more. The problem right now for the Warriors is that they are not good enough as a team to allow these young players to play and play through their mistakes. The, the, and, and it's not all on them, and I think we've had callers and texters say, well, if Clay was playing better, if Poole was playing better. and that, Green that's was the, playing, Jermichael Green and DiVincenzo. If Jermichael Green was playing better, if DiVincenzo had been playing up until last night after you know, getting injured in the, in the third game of the season. So it's all a part of it, but the, we've seen, I mean, Steve Kerr is telling us by the way that he's managed the rotation these last couple of games, that they're not good enough right now to play through the young players' mistakes, and they're worried about getting stuck in a hole here that becomes difficult to get out of, and that's why going so hard to win those games was so important, and and getting to five and seven, and 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 hopefully getting to 7-7, seven and seven, I think they look at these next two even as before they go to Phoenix again. And tomorrow's no picnic, but you get tomorrow, then you can get the Spurs game, right. and then maybe you are 7-7 seven and seven and you're feeling better about where things are at with a little bit of a winning streak going. Don't you think they're just hoping, Coach Kerr is hoping that Kaminga can have a good run at some point, have a good run, and then that's it. And then he builds on that. I think at this point they're just hoping he goes out, a couple shots fall, whatever it is, and I think we saw it to a degree in the New Orleans game. But that's one reason they keep throwing him out there. I think they're just hoping maybe something good will happen and then he will build on that. But instead, unfortunately, it seems to be going the other direction. John and Cupertino on the phone lines, 888-957-9570. John, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, the last call by Tim uh, is exactly, he kind of stole my thunder, exactly what I want to say. I mean, these guys are on the eggshells, and I, I, I want to point, I, I'm going to point the finger at Steve Kerr. I mean, what you know, young player has he really developed? 
Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, the Clay, Draymond, and Steph—they were ready-made products when he when he got here. Um, well, Jordan Poole, you know, Jordan things, Jordan Poole would be the like, would be one argument, John. Uh, I mean, that that would be the first one that would come up. Yeah, but, but look at Poole. I mean, I, I would say the biggest drag on the team right now are not the young guys. It's Clay and Poole, and people are afraid to say it, but it's those two. I mean, you talk about Wiseman missing defensive rotations, and, and I mean Poole. I mean that guy. I mean, I don't know what he's doing on defense. And one last point, Whitey. Whitey, in terms of you mentioned, you know, Kaminga. I mean, how do you how do you sh- how do you play when you get four minutes and seven minutes a game? Did you forget the 38 minutes he got against Zion Williamson and what he did? I mean, these guys need to play. I mean, if Clay and Poole are not playing well, they need to sit down. Yeah, Thanks, I know, and but look, you yeah, can't. Go ahead, Whitey. Yeah, well, it's the same thing. I appreciate the call, and you're right. Uh, he played a little better against New Orleans, but the Warriors, where they are right now, you can't. If he, he goes out there and has an unproductive run, however short it is, Steve Kerr right now, especially the fact that the team has a losing record, it's like i got to find somebody else who I can rely on. That's, that's just the reality of it. It's not fair in a way, but that's the reality of where they are right now. Two things right now. Jordan Poole was developed by Steve Kerr and the Warriors into a player who went from a borderline laughing stock at the time of the pandemic to a player that just got paid $123 million guaranteed over the next four years beginning next year. Uh, he, so Jordan Poole goes in the positive, hey, the Warriors developed a young player into uh, somebody that helped them win a championship a year ago. So Jordan Poole absolutely is in that category. I think you could even put Kevon Looney in that category as far as a player that was developed into a, a capable mm-hmm. championship role player from a late first-round pick. Uh, and then as far as Kaminga goes against the Pelicans, that was a developmental game. That was a game where the Warriors, they gave the win away. They said, we're not winning tonight because we're going to develop players. If that is the environment in where these young players have the best chance to, to thrive and get better, the Warriors for that night in New Orleans, Whitey, were the Pistons. They were the magic. They were the Rockets. But see what and, Warrior fans are going to say to that JD is, "Hey, they almost won that game." Sure, they yeah, they they almost won that game. Mm-hmm. Be, probably because the Pelicans let up, knowing that it was that kind of game, and 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 coasted a little bit. But you're not going to win a lot. Like if you played that group every night, you'd probably win in the teens, mm-hmm. and and you'd be you know in the. Wimbanyama sweepstakes. sweepstakes, yes, yes. Wimbanyama sweepstakes yeah. at that point. So it is two different. Like that, it's not to say there isn't talent because that's the thing. Like Kaminga's electrifying in terms of his talent. Wiseman, the same thing. Wow, seven footer can do all these things. We would see it in all of these players if they were playing in that Orlando, Detroit, or Houston mold. They just would never win any games doing it. So that's another reason why I thought it was foolish to think that this was some next wave core that's going to be winning champ. Like how, how are those guys going to play enough to get to a point where they're a next wave core? If you have all these other players that are going to be playing, even in the best case scenario, we're talking about 15 to 25 minutes a game. You know, that that's not necessarily going to work out. The math doesn't work on that one either, Whitey. So where did the plan go wrong? I understand fans are saying, like the last caller, they need to play more. I understand that view. But where did it go wrong for the Warriors? Clearly they thought that both players, Kuminga and Wiseman, would be further along at this point, right? They thought the plan was even... that by this year they'd be able to at least hold down spots in the rotation. I'm not sure that the plan has gone wrong. Yet and and yes, they did. To your one hundred percent correct, the Warriors did believe that they would be farther along and able to hold down rotation spots. I think, if anything, it's just that they're not good enough from a veteran standpoint to not play those guys and have the success that they had last year because Peyton and Otto Porter and even Damian Lee were capable players to go to instead. Um, I just. And maybe it gets to a point where the the others are playing better enough to where you can withstand some of the young players. I'm not even sure it's gone wrong. I think the luxury tax is part of it because you couldn't spend as much on maybe mid-level type players and and things of that ilk to to bring in to help fortify the gap between the championship core and the, and the younger players. But I I just think it's a it's a bad fit. I think Kaminga had a bad off season. 
you know, he was awful in the summer league, and, and there were excuses made for why that was. Hey, and, by the way, didn't he bring, speaking of summer league, didn't he bring the ball up one time last night, Kuminga? It was kind of, it reminded me of summer league. Like one time they had him bring the ball up? I just think they're asking him to do, there's something amiss between the player he wants to be and what they're asking him to, to be. And I think at times they've, it just feels like there's different messengers to him as to, and maybe even different messengers in the organization as to, to who he is as a player. It's like, like, are you a four or are you a three? Are you out on the perimeter putting it on the deck or are you in the, in the paint trying to fight for rebounds and, and you, defend? You know, a big part of it with both those guys, and I know, as you said, they're very talented. Neither one of those guys is really a very good passer. Right? I mean, when you think about it, I'm not saying they're horrible, but neither one of those guys impresses you with their courts. And you can go back and find, I know Wiseman made a few passes here or there. If you're not able, really, if you're not, if that's not one of your strengths as a player to have the good court vision and be able to deliver the ball to a teammate in timely fashion, then you're already uh, behind the eight ball in the Warrior system. And I think that's part of the reason neither one of them, at least right now, is a very good fit. Let's get Bob and Marin. A couple of calls here before we call it an afternoon, and then uh, Evan and Shamari going to take you on in deeper into the afternoon. Bob, you're here on Warriors this week. What's up, Bob? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I think uh, I, have a, I have a question for you, J.D., after I make my comment, and I'll take – I think uh, a lot of people calling in is like, oh, these guys are not doing this, or it's the coaching's fault, or oh, you know, Clay took summer off or Kaminga wasn't that good in the summers. Like, one thing I've always noticed with the Warriors playing basketball in the last six, seven years, going to the championships, every team that comes in, and it started with the team that won the 73, right? Uh, every team that comes in plays the Warriors like they're playing their championship. Why is it that the guys that are sitting on the bench, when they come into the game, they just take it like they're just going to take it nonchalantly and just play because they don't have the minutes, and when you give them the minutes, they play hard. So why is it that, that, that the Warriors have to ask their own bench players to pick up the intensity, pick up the level of play that you need to play out there, match the intensity of the team that's bringing every single time? Because that team knows they're playing the Warriors, they're playing Steph Curry, they're playing Damon Green, and they want to beat them. So why is it that the organization is not asking that question? My question to you now is, J.D., is what is the culture like right now? Are we... Are, is there is, is there talk in the locker room where the, the, the older guys, are they taking these guys under their wings in a sense, not just on the court, off the court? Is there Are there things going on that the fans don't know about where these guys are slouching on the floor when they're not making plays? Like, that shouldn't be happening. They're on a championship team. They should want to go out there and just compete as much as they can, even if they foul out. Like, don't slouch. Don't put your shoulders down. Just keep playing. It's going to come. That's my point. That's an excellent question, and I, I do think there's a disconnect right now between the veteran players and the championship core and the young guys. They, they don't trust the young players. It's not a matter of taking them under their wing. I think they're trying to do the right things, but there is a lack of trust that, that you can see watching the games between the vets and the, and the young guys, and the young guys know it now. It's as if the, the, the veterans – and look, from Iguodala to Steph to, to Draymond to – they went in and hey, you know, prompted the the Warriors front office right. to bring in more veterans last offseason. Hey, this doesn't work, and then they won without the young players really being a big part the of Warriors it. Warriors don't believe the veterans don't believe in this plan right now, and it's showing. The and then the young players they can sense that, and so you've got a kind of a lack of belief in the whole program right now. Let's get Rich and Fremont final caller of the afternoon here on final caller of the program. Hey, Rich. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I think really when it comes down to it, and I do appreciate the last caller's input, but I still think it's still kind of a situation where we, we is, is and, I, and I won't say me per se, but Warriors fans as a whole, um, they basically just don't have patience. You know, they want to see a winning formula right out the gut. Why? Because when the season closed, they finished with a winning formula right out the gut. The thing you need to understand is that this is something that happens over time. Okay, you look at Steph Curry when he first came to the league. Steph didn't come in hitting threes from all over the place when he first got here. It took him, it took him a while to understand the system and understand how to play. It took time. And I'm saying that, you know, I called him to the show yesterday and told 
Damon and Ratto that that game in Cleveland is going to be the fire starter. That's the one that's going to get the spark. That's the one that's going to get these young guys to understand, hey, look, you want to win this league, you got to play hard. It's just something you got to do. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Thank I appreciate you. it. We'll see if that happens, Rich. I know the Warriors are hoping that they can get on a little streak and that yeah. can just calm everything down and then you can bring the younger players back in. Whitey, great stuff, my man, as Thank always. You. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. We'll talk again next week. Evan and Shamari. That's right. Evan Giddings, Shamari Block. They're coming up next, so keep it locked right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.